0: hello welcome back to the quack report my name's carter i'm here with nate thomas how's it going bud good how are you doing not too bad that's good um are, are you a little conflicted about this last game being a
1: kind of a flames fan <laughs> a little bit i uh yeah i watched watched this one or made sure i could went to the gym earlier and i was like hey, i gotta get back in time for the game and whatnot but you know i had my uh my grandma ask me about this after uh because like just going to school where we are and whatnot she lived in town so i got a pretty good uh, rent rate there with you know living can't complain about mind. that i mean home cooked meals every night too also that like, it's great yeah um best part is that my rent actually includes my groceries so nice. it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> fucking good i'd say considering how much you eat yeah exactly <laughs> um but uh you yeah, know so like she knows that like i do the show and all that kind of stuff and what i'm doing and so yeah she asked me she's like how did like how do you how do you watch this game because like You're a fan of the flames, but you do like a ducks show and I just kind of just like compared it to like, you have your personal relationships, so like your friends and family and that sort of thing. And then you have your professional relationships. That's kind of how I described it. I'm like, but the professional is kind of seeping into the personal just a little bit because like Mm -hmm. you're so connected, we're we're so connected to this team. Like you can, like I'm sure it's the same for you that like you do kind of want them to do like better at this point yeah because like you've kind of gotten invested because we're doing this show yeah no for sure but uh
0: it's kind of like when you used to go out for beers with your friends not from work and talk shit about your friends from work yeah (laughs) and then eventually you start going from for beers with your friends from work yeah and then you can't talk shit about them yeah but then you realize they're kind (laughs) of cool so yeah pretty (laughs) much that's kind of i get that so thanks anaheim for going for some some beers with us after work
1: let's go have a beer with dallas Eakins and brian getzlaff That'd be pretty sick, actually. What the fuck is up with the penalty kill button? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad about that. That'd yeah. be pretty fun. It'd be a fun time. Or hey, Eakins,
0: light. we know you're listening. Yeah. Hook us up with a beer yeah, and with GetzLab. Let's lap. go get some yeah. beers.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, Eakins can join. Uh, well, We're not just going to have him set it up. He's going to join us. Yeah, but does he have to be there? <laughs> yeah but we can also go okay we know you listen so we're just going to give you the rundown right now this is what you got to do and you just pull the yeah. clipboard out of your ass and he goes where the hell did that come from then i can ask him what the <laughs> fuck happened in edmonton a few years ago <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> not that it was his fault but you know yeah but yeah anyways uh, but i guess let's talk about your your personal and professional lives here for the for the next 15 minutes <laughs> yeah pretty and, well. <laughs> uh and, and see how how the anaheim kind of i guess blew the this what was looking like it could be a win to why Another is, six goals yeah, by Calgary.
1: Why is this episode going to be like, th- like almost like seeing a therapist for me? Yeah, let let's talk about both sides here. Just call me <laughs> Doctor Potts. <laughs> Doctor Potts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, especially because you predicted a two-one loss for for the Ducks here. Uh, so you predicted a loss. So at least you weren't you you had that right, and you weren't so so surprised. But were you surprised about the amount of goals?
1: I was. I think for more so for Calgary, honestly. Um, I guess that this is where kind of being the Flames fan uh, normally kind of comes in they have been absolute dog shit especially lately at home so like when Anaheim, spoiler alert got out to a 3-1 lead wasn't overly surprised but um, I think just if I'm going to kind of wrap this game all up in one thing and sound a little biased in a way to, I guess to Calgary possibly once Calgary kind of like figured their shit out in like a few seconds type thing and you went from 3-1 to suddenly that 3-3 jump. Um, I think that's where Anaheim lost that game because Calgary just kind of came out of nowhere deciding to actually do something for once and it kind of it put Anaheim too much on their heels to be able to come back from even though the game only like got tied there wasn't really any stopping Calgary at that point. So Well at
0: that point there's such a huge momentum swing as well that yeah. th- there's really Anaheim nothing you can do as Anaheim. It. Yeah. yeah. Like at, at that point, you almost needed to see a fight or, you know, get a favorable power play maybe that you capitalize on. Like you, you kind of need something out of your control to go your way to, to regain that momentum. Yeah, exactly. It just unfortunately think, didn't happen. I don't think Anaheim
1: so. even capitalized on a single power play in this game, did they? I'm going to pull it no, up. No, they right did not.
0: But. No, there was no power play goals in this game for either side. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't remember the exact stats. Uh, 0-2 for anaheim on the power play zero four for calgary so yeah. it's, it's also not like anaheim got a, a bunch of chances i guess they did they did capitalize at the end of a penalty um but wasn't technically a,
1: a power play goal so yeah the guy's out of the box at that point it's like a second after or something like that yeah. but
0: so not enough to make a difference but yeah um and then i i guess Stephen predicted a three one win uh he was he was right a little on the bit. difference Right on the difference, I guess. Yeah. Not on, on the score or the win loss. I predicted a nine nothing win. So I predicted the high scoring game. <laughs> not really close anywhere else, though. <laughs> you were only one goal off total, though. That's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it would stay at six three when I was
1: following the game. But yeah. I was going say, so so say, I, I who, got the goal total, right? There but, you go. So, say who, uh, so who gets this one? Do I get it because I predicted the loss or.
0: Uh, I, I think we just pretend this one didn't happen. Right, fair enough. <laughs> um, Ryan Miller was in net actually for for this game, not super surprising because Gibson got the the start early, or I guess the day before against yeah. Vancouver. First half of that back to back there. Oh yeah, it was um, back to back. But Miller also saw Calgary for two periods, and Gibson um, did not get the friendly end of Calgary in that six nothing loss. Yeah. Um, Ryan Miller was a little bit better, but I guess kind of both factors probably contributed to Miller being in net mm-hmm. for this one. Um, yeah, absolutely faced a a grand 42 shots stopped 37 of them for an eight-eight-one save percentage overall that's that's pretty solid
1: oh yeah no it is solid but i think that 42 shots like i said shows that like calgary kind of turned it on and like you look at that shot difference uh when i said that like anaheim kind of got put on their heels and couldn't recover mm-hmm. and that's just one example of it's like outside of the gameplay i guess just looking at the numbers yeah
0: well, yeah, shots were eighteen to ten in the second, which was when they they started to turn it on after tying up the game. So, yeah. um, no surprise there. The the other two periods were pretty close in terms of shots, but yeah, that second period really showed where the momentum swung uh, in Calgary's favor. I guess uh, Cam Talbot was in net for Calgary, which I believe he was. Yeah, he was the one that got the shutout uh, in last week yep. against Anaheim. Yeah, and uh, then
1: uh, yeah, so they started Riddick against Chicago in that god awful eight four loss. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I didn't watch that game. I just heard it. And uh but yeah, so yeah, Riddick got shelled for I think four and then Talbot got shelled for four. So you had a bunch of Flames fans going, Well, the couple nights before for Talbot doesn't matter anymore because it kind of balanced it out. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah I think for Talbot, this was a great game as well, and I feel like Calgary's going to ride Talbot just a little bit more, trying to make this playoff push. Honestly, so
0: yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, you're right. Talbot was pretty good. Uh, faced 30 shots, stopped 26 of them
1: for an 867 save percentage. There was um, a few that, like Anaheim, I thought scored on, mm-hmm. and uh, like Talbot was to make it so yeah yeah for sure I'm sounding I'm sounding a little biased right now I'm sorry I'm trying to filter yeah. <laughs> that right now but I know it's hard <laughs> I was I was watching this game from both sides so like Miller made some awesome saves as well don't yeah. get me wrong but um I th- honestly I think Talbot's a huge part of the reason that we lost this like that Anaheim lost this game because he was pretty solid so
0: yeah yeah for sure well let's get into this game here we'll start with the first period as one usually does uh not a lot to talk about though uh no goals in this one all the scoring came in the last two which makes it seem even crazier but earlier on the flames were cycling quite hard and really testing miller early with some good quality chances miller stayed strong though and um didn't bite on this one uh, lots of those shots were coming kind of from the low slot. So Calgary was kind of playing keep away. And once they saw an opening, they were getting it into the middle there, which is dangerous, but really good on Miller to keep Anaheim in this game.
1: Yeah, it is. And yeah, praise Miller, obviously. Praise but, Miller, as we um, say. I think in the last couple of games, we've kind of seen a bit of a breakdown of this defense again. And it's a little concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, just need to tighten it back up or that sort of thing. Because I, uh, I think it's one of the Flames' goals later on. You have, like, spoiler here. You have a guy come off the wall, like, straight across into your slot for a goal. Like, that shouldn't happen. No, you should never let that happen for sure.
0: One of the bright spots for Anaheim in this period uh, came on the power play. Uh, They were were really testing Talbot with some good shots, trying to pick up rebounds in front. But yeah, Talbot was just also stellar um, in this first period as well as Miller. So yeah, no goals in this first period. Um, Just some really good saves, which kind of keep it interesting
1: yeah it absolutely can yeah even though it was a zero it was zero zero after the first period i was so pretty entertained watching it so yeah like they're what were the shot totals at the end of the first do you have those by chance
0: yeah uh 12 to 10 for calgary so oh, okay
1: so it was actually higher than i thought it was so i guess a lot of it did come in like the probably the last five minutes or that because i think we mm-hmm. were at like yeah like seven or six the seven or six minutes left or something like that and i think shots were only like Six five, seven six, something like that. So both teams kind of peppered a couple more at the end there. but
0: Yeah, a little bit of a feeling out process oh, for me. sure.
1: So let's move on to the second period
0: here where the action starts to pick up a little bit. Uh, Miller stops a couple good shots from Matthew Kachuk after he steals the puck in the neutral zone. This was just the first of many turnovers in this game. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the stats that the NHL has. They have giveaways as... Um, 12 for Anaheim, 14 for Calgary. Um, There are definitely
1: more for Anaheim. (laughs) I I thought so, yeah. Uh, They do
0: have nine takeaways for Calgary and five uh, takeaways for Anaheim, though. So uh, it it depends on how they define a giveaway and a takeaway, I guess. Yeah. um, Probably different from our definition, but... (laughs) Yeah. Um, Moving on here in the second period, Henrik gets a breakaway. And uh, after... uh, Who was it that stole the puck? Uh, Richie, I believe, yeah, Richie yeah, stole out the Richard. line, sent it to Terry, who sent Henrique on the breakaway, and he kind of just trickles it in five hole on Talbot. Not sure if it does it look kind of like it bounced off Talbot's pad and then Henrique's skating trickled in, or I don't know if the shot just kind of th- powered through. It's kind of hard to tell. I think
1: but. it kind of powered through. Um I'd have to watch the replay again, but like how it kind of looked, at least from my recollection, was like it kind of got like caught in the space between Talbot's knees but yeah just more power through and kind of trickled back even though Henrik like bumped into Talbot or that sort of thing it like it wasn't that didn't have any impact on the puck the puck was already going like going through anyway so
0: mm-hmm. so this puts the Ducks up 1 to nothing uh Henrik's 21st of the season and assists go to Terry and Richie on that one not too long later though the Flum the Flums get the, the puck flums. moving. Yeah. <laughs> Your Oilers is showing. <laughs> <laughs> the Flames get the puck moving. And uh, Mangiapane ends up picking up a rebound in front of the net to tie the game up at 1-1. to
1: Now, okay, spoiler again. Mangiapane is a huge part of this game. For sure. Yeah, if you want to talk about two guys that really were the reason that Anaheim lost this game was Cam Talbot and Andrew Mangiapani. Uh Both these guys were on fire as a... As someone who tries to talk about the Ducks, I absolutely hated it. As someone who is a huge Flames fan and has been for as long as he can remember, uh, this was great to watch. So,
0: yeah, I, I'm not going to give my opinion on it. <laughs> everyone knows, he knows how I feel, but um, yeah, like this goal came less than a minute later, so the the lead wasn't too long for uh, for Anaheim. And and like you said, it, w- it was really due in part to like a defensive collapse, at, l- at least this one and some of the other ones as well. So. Yeah. I mean, this one didn't look necessarily like a defensive collapse, but it was kind of the start of what yeah. I would say. Uh, the Ducks do answer back just a few minutes later, though. Silverberg pressures in the offensive zone, steals the puck from one of the Flames defenders, makes a nice move to get Talbot sliding across, and then uses his sweet hands to just tuck one in uh, for his 18th goal of the season. Totally unassisted, so nice indie effort by Silverberg there.
1: was very nice. It definitely uh, helped my fantasy stats a little bit there. And uh, yeah, great looking goal too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
0: just uh, textbook. Like I, I, it's trying to describe it won't even do it justice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, ducks back up two to one here. Flames. Uh, I noticed at this point we're getting lots of rebounds uh, from Miller. Uh, Miller's rebound control looked a little shaky this game. Usually it's one of his bright spots in my opinion but mm-hmm. there was a lot of just garbage in front of the net and i think that's kind of what calgary goes for is they put shots on from the outside yeah they get traffic in front because they got some big bodies but um miller was was doing them lots of favors i think but also making some good saves to kind of make up for it
1: yeah but i think also it's it was a little bit different where maybe anaheim wasn't as used to that kind of play in front of them right so that's mm-hmm again, kind of a, a defense thing where they're not clearing those pucks to alleviate those chances. Yeah. Um, you or can't, even uh, just yeah. get rid of those chances in general of like just defending the puck or getting to the puck. Yeah. Right? So like not even clearing it, just just get to it first. Yeah, because
0: it's kind of unreasonable to expect Miller to, to control swallow all the rebounds and swallow yeah. up everything or always deflect it to the outside. you would have to and wear I, a pads yeah. made of silly putty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm placing the blame all on him but yeah you're right it is yeah. the defense as well needs to to get on those sooner but um that that's kind of the style i've noticed calgary plays is yeah. instead of the defense getting on them sooner they they're getting them to them before the defense even so yeah exactly
1: yeah um so can you sorry can you imagine goalie pads made a silly putty though yeah there's just a random yeah, thought that, but that, I said. that'd be weird <laughs> Would you get stuck in the ice, or would the silly putty, like on the inside of the pad, kind of freeze so you could slide and that sort of thing? Like it would be solid there, but the front would. How would that work? I don't know. Does silly putty freeze? I think there is only one way to find out. Okay, we'll uh, we'll figure it out for next time. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am kind of curious about this now. I am too. That would that would save on a lot of costs for for goaltenders. Not like they need to. Yeah. But for like maybe some rec rec league. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the second period. Ducks up two to one. Moving on to the third period here. uh, Just as a power play ends, uh, a shot from the boards by Nick Delorier just takes a fortunate bounce off of Stone. Is it Michael Stone you guys have? Yeah. Uh, And goes upstairs on Talbot. And that was Delorier's third of the season. And assist goes to Rowney on that one. So kind of a lucky goal there to put the Ducks up three to one.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't can't really plan a deflection of a defender, that sort of thing. But... uh, you know, you can always just try for where you're going and if it mm-hmm. happens to get to a better place. Great.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that it was in front. I think it was shore was in front of the net uh, and he was going for the tip on that as well. Yeah. So I, I think this was more just stone stealing the, a goal from shore yeah. for whatever reason. But <laughs> yeah, the, we'll take it nine times out of eight. I was going to say nine times out of 10. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's more like every time. So every time, nine times out of eight.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See that's the kind of thing that we would put on a T-shirt if we could do it. Nine <laughs> times out of eight, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that nine times out of eight.
0: I'll take it a, a free duck school nine times out of eight. Why that's not? gotta.
1: That's gotta be like your. All the white girls have like a quote on their Instagram page in their bio. Yeah. That's gotta be your quote on your Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it nine times out of eight. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I'll just have like the beer, like the schooners cheering. Yeah, I'll have that emoji go. there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but again, uh, the. Ducks goal is answered back quite quickly by the Flames. Uh, once again, Andrew Mangiapane. On this one, Holzer coughs up a puck to the Flames in the D zone and uh, Mangiapane just takes it and goes goes right over Miller. Um, that one was unassisted as well. So kind of so similar to the Silverberg goal there. But yeah, this this again was just the beginning of the end in, in terms of turnovers for the Ducks here.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and yeah, this goal came about a minute and a half after the DeLaurier one. But uh, the Flames did not stop there about 20 seconds later. The Flames, on the rush from Sam Bennett, get another goal there. So we're all of a sudden at a tie game, 3-3. to
1: I'm not even going to fault anybody for this one. It's just a good shot. It was just a good shot. It was at the right time where the defense isn't really expecting it. Again, it was just a really good shot. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, man, I hate Sam
0: Bennett as much as the next guy, but you <laughs> can't be mad about that no, shot.
1: <laughs> you watch the there was a replay coming from uh, the cameraman that's in between the benches, right? So you had a pretty good line actually of what Bennett was looking at uh, when he put when he made that shot. There's not a whole lot there. So no, no, really, not. He really placed that shot. Yeah, for sure. We stay tied three to three for a little bit, uh, but and eventually And there in, was a timeout at this point too. Oh Eakins I bet. did try to calm it down yeah. a little bit.
0: Yeah, it did work for about eight minutes. Um, but then yet another turnover leads to Matthew Kachuk putting a shot on net, uh sticking with it, getting his own rebound, and just beating Miller to take the lead. So Flames are now up four to three on this one.
1: I think this Kachuk one was the one that I was uh alluding to earlier that uh, he came off the wall yeah, uh, into mm-hmm. the slot floor. Yeah, like, You can't allow that. Like, no. that's just defense 101, I think, for yeah. hockey of, like, can't just let someone cut in cross crease, basically, like that.
0: So. Yeah, no, definitely not. And then uh, just a couple minutes, well, really just a minute after this one, uh, another errant pass. I believe this one was uh, Holzer trying to do a fancy backhand behind the net. Puts it right out in front tape-to-tape tape on Monaghan's stick. and yep. Yeah, he just goes upstairs in close on Miller there. 5-3 lead, and um, eventually Mangiapane seals the deal with an empty net goal on a very unselfish play from Johnny Goudreau, I will add. It was. I was yes. surprised, so 6-3. Um, any any comments just on these
1: goals? The Monaghan pass reminded me of uh, my days of coaching at the university intramural team. There's a buddy of ours that... My team was playing against, and but like he had some friends on the team I was coaching, so they were in the offensive zone. Our friend goes into the corner to get the puck, and here's the call like for the pass right, beautiful, like no look backhand pass, right? But of course, it's the guy I'm coaching, he goes down the other way for a breakaway, yeah. I was like. I was, I was bugging our friend about that, f- though, for, like, a week. I am like, that was a great pass. just absolutely beautiful, but he gave it to the wrong fucking guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it <laughs> happens. <clears throat> it does happen. Yeah. Uh, in regards to, I mean, it's an empty net. I forget who was playing defense, but, like, it was a two-on-one that turned into a 2 on zero. Yeah. Uh, uh, I
0: am going to call out Captain Clutch not being clutch in this situation. Mishandling yeah. <laughs> the puck <laughs> at the blue line and not having the, the wheels to get back. And, yeah. And, and back check on um,
1: Manjupani there, but uh, yeah. what do you do? Um, but I mean, even as like a Ducks podcast here, we know that Kachuk's been in a, a bit of a goal story, gore, yeah, Wow, goal scoring slump in the last little Goudreau. bit. Mean, or Goudreau, yeah. yeah sorry, who did I say? Goudreau, uh, Kachuk. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, Goudreau. Um Yes, yeah. See, I even get my own guys mixed up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we like we know he's been in a goal scoring slump. But I mean, good on him to. You know, give Mangiapane the puck instead for his first career hat trick. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. The Ducks weren't quite done here, though.
0: Uh, they wanted to just ruin Talbot's uh, stats a little bit, and they they ended up putting one in with just a few seconds left. Uh, Devin Shore uh, puts in his third goal of the season from Larson and Silverberg. Um, they just kind of bang away at the puck to along the boards to get it out. Shot from the point is just tipped nicely
1: by Shore. Uh, something he tried earlier that we mm-hmm. talked about. Um, yeah, and this was purely a shot from Larson uh again who he's able to get these shots on net to give someone else a chance for which is great mm-hmm. uh to see but uh yeah this was purely just a okay one last ditch effort because well i think the goal was score with like four seconds left on the clock or something like that so it's pretty much just a shot f- just to take a shot so yeah yeah for sure and it worked
0: out yeah can't complain about it would have been nice for um to maybe happen earlier you know Without a couple Calgary goals peppered in there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, namely three of them to just go up 4 3 with four <laughs> seconds left. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. What can you do? Um, so yeah, that's this game, six to four loss against the Calgary Flames. Yeah, before we, we move on here to the standings update, uh, I just want to talk about something here that I guess as a, you were talking, I was thinking we're probably not going to get to talk about um, on what the next one too up? much. What (laughs) What did I bring up? (laughs) Nothing. I was just ignoring you until you were done. Oh. Off in my own world. But the trade deadline, just a few days away. Yes. um, Yeah, we'll be recording, I guess, uh, the Monday episode before the trade deadline. So if anything happens, we we won't talk about it and our predictions won't really matter. So after seeing the market kind of start, LA making a lot of moves, uh, what do you see Anaheim doing if you had to call one or two trades?
1: (sighs) Honestly, I don't really know because Anaheim... I don't think Anaheim really wants to... They're not really looking for anything specific at the moment, I guess, like maybe besides a draft pick or something, but they're not going to go out of their way to make it happen right now. Yeah, I think they're just kind of taking their time with this. They're not looking for a quick fix or that sort of thing. So I think it's going to be if there's a team willing to dance with the Ducks. Um, that team will be the first to make a move. Yeah, I think so. Um, they got to dangle a nice carrot in front yeah. of Bob Murray to yeah. So I to think, get him interested. I honestly think that unless unless it like a team makes a first move, I don't think we're actually gonna really see anything come from Anaheim mm-hmm. uh, during uh, this last week of trade deadline. So yeah, I nope. guess less than a week from when we're recording.
0: Yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. I think uh, I, I can't see any of the. These guys really going anywhere, at least the guys that are going to be impactful on a contending team, and I don't know what we're really I know we're willing to take on some some contracts, but I, I don't know if the t- if any teams really want to give anything or if we really want to give any of our future up to these teams to take on the bad contracts. Um, I, I think LA' is kind of going full rebuild mode in my yeah, opinion. They're, they're just they're, they're, they're trying selling to stockpile. everything in the farm and trying yeah. to just stockpile as, as much as they can for the next couple of years. Um, and I don't see Anaheim doing that. I don't think we're quite full panic, hit the reset button yeah. mode yet. We're more, I don't want to say the a half rebuild. Um, I don't really like that term because it sounds like you're just half-assing it and not yeah. wanting to admit it's a rebuild. But uh, I don't think it's like full reset. I think
1: rebuilt. it's just, so. it's its the start, right? So yeah. you're, it's more like, of, you're trying to figure out what's going to be needed coming up. Once you figure out, that out, then you start to Uh, you start to change. Tear down and build up. Yeah, for sure. um, I agree with you. This isn't... uh, I mean, this will kind of touch a little bit, I guess, on our standings update. But I think if we do move any pieces, it's going to be to teams that are looking just for a little bit of depth coming into the playoffs. So just at the time of recording, we're recording on, what, Wednesday night, uh, the 19th. So the night before that you'll listen to this. So I'm just going to like name off the teams that are in the playoffs both west and east so you have st louis dallas colorado edmonton vegas vancouver calgary arizona in the west then in the east you have boston tampa toronto pittsburgh washington philly the islanders and carolina i feel like if there's something i don't really know like i know toronto's kind of looking around for like a defenseman right now uh calgary could be as well i thought they were going to be in on alex martinez but um unfortunately not mm-hmm. <laughs> um Vancouver's been making moves trying to keep their spot they already took uh Tofoli from LA which yeah. i think a lot of people were surprised by that move honestly mm-hmm. um cuz it doesn't like even though Vancouver's currently sitting third uh in that Pacific division i'm trying not to dig too deep into the Pacific cuz i know we're going to talk about it here um even though they're like sitting like pretty good in third right now it's so close that you could lose it in any second.
0: Well, yeah, they're a win away from first place <laughs> yeah. um, with games in hand on, on Vegas, at least. So
1: um, Colorado's already kind of got the depth, so I don't think they're really going to be looking for anything like that. St. Louis defensively is really good depth-wise. Um, they just
0: added... Um, who did they add from Montreal? Marco Scandella yeah. just added him, so I think that's really the only depth piece they're going to add.
1: Yeah. I feel like Dallas could be potentially somebody who wants to just add something. That could be interesting. Um, they, they've
0: always seemed to... At a bottom, the middle six forward, or yeah. at the deadline,
1: so it'll be interesting uh, to see. I think what they Boston's do. fine. Tampa's already been making some depth moves. Uh, again, Toronto forward, at least they're they have to give up they're, to make defense moves. Essentially, yeah. Pittsburgh could be a potential partner just because of all the injuries that they've had. They've been playing really well, but just in order to make a deep playoff push, they're probably going to be looking at some depth. Could see Washington maybe. I think Philly's been doing all right. They're just trying to hang on to their spot at this point, uh, but you could see something come from them. Say so, and the Islanders and Carolina. I don't think they're going to be making too crazy of moves. I don't think they really have any like huge contracts that they want to give up. No. Um. I don't think there's. Yeah, I'm just trying to like take a look at like who really has any bad contracts. Boston doesn't have any bad contracts. Tampa definitely doesn't. No. Um. Toronto's contracts are a lot better than they were, say, even a year or two ago. Pittsburgh's fine. Washington's fine. So, if you're looking at bad contract type things, then you're going to be looking at teams that aren't in the playoffs. Um, That could be uh, potentially, I don't know, I'm trying to think like maybe a Montreal or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not based on like looking at anything right now, but I'm just trying to think of teams that might have, you might even see something, you might even see more coming from New Jersey. Honestly, and it's they're just complete yeah. blow up at the moment. Yeah. Um, after thinking that they were going to do all right, uh, there's no bad contracts in Ottawa because there's barely any contracts in <laughs> Ottawa. Um, I don't even know if Detroit can really do a whole lot. So, yeah, I'm not sure like how many teams really have terrible contracts off the top of my head. I'm sure there's gonna be something that comes to me later. Yeah.
0: The only one I can think of that I think we talked about during the the week off that we had there was uh Louis Erickson with Vancouver. If, yeah that could be if a Vancouver's looking to runner. add some pieces I could see I could see them trying to move Louis Erickson but I really don't think anyone wants to take on Louis Erickson for three more years or two more years or whatever it is.
1: It could be a well I think after this I oh, I saw something the other day that like after this season I don't think he has any bonuses or like major front load bonuses coming up. Mm -hmm. So Um, it could be
0: more of an off season.
1: Yeah so then so you pick them up deal with kind of the end of it and then you could even just buy them out because then I think it's only like it's either five million or it's five million broken up over the last two years so two and a half million uh, for the next two years. So it makes it a lot easier which I think that's going to be the plan for Vancouver anyway. But if they wanted to offload that now in order to get something else for that last piece, that of their it like seemingly quick rebuild, then you could then that could be a potential partner actually. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: for sure. To go back, uh, bring us a little bit for, back on track. I guess I, I really don't see any big earth shattering moves coming um, Anaheim's way for no. for anything. Um, I wouldn't make, be surprised yeah, if there was some some draft pick kind of shuffling going on now for some some prospect prospects. Um, maybe adding some depth defensively
1: for Anaheim, but yeah, like I said, I think if any teams come to us, it's going to be playoff teams looking for something depth wise.
0: But it's it's not going to be anything anything too
1: huge. So no. I wouldn't get your hopes
0: up if you're an Anaheim fan. Maybe we'll be wrong, and it'll be a really
1: interesting next episode. But watch we'll the next episode. See. Ryan Getzlav gets traded. Don't don't <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> Just wait for it because that's going to be like. A veteran leader that you want in a locker room for a playoff push who's won a cup just wait for it <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not gonna put any money on that because i'm, yeah, I'm like 99 sure anaheim wants to just keep gets and like make him a career-long duck mm-hmm. but you never fucking know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so
0: literally 10 seconds ago we just finished recording the podcast <laughs> we're gonna slide uh this in with the trade deadline stuff that we yeah. talked about in the middle of the episode. We can do like the quack sound bite just to say, Hey, insert, insert. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, just with some news here that may potentially be related to some tread trade deadline stuff. Do you want to give it to us? Nate?
1: Uh, yeah. So the, uh, Ducks tweeted, uh, they're starting lineup for tonight, which they do normally and their scratches. However, the scratches are some, uh, some pretty big names. We don't have any injuries to these players to the my knowledge. We know of, um, scratches for tonight are Andre Kasha, which he's been in trade talks for a little bit, yeah. as well as Cam Fowler. That's the interesting one to me. Yep. Uh,
0: I mean, lots of defense defensemen have been on the move. Um, uh, Marco Scandella, Alec Martinez, who we talked about, um, uh, Washington picked up, uh, Brendan Dillon from San Jose. It, so, uh, the, there's
1: lots of defensemen on the move. I would not be surprised
0: if Cam Fowler, uh, went as well
1: yeah like you don't yeah we haven't heard of any injury to him they're playing florida right now yeah um so yeah you don't you don't scratch him unless he's hurt or you're protecting him. and at this trade. time and at this time of year you you, you kind of
0: specify if it's an injury yeah you, you don't and you really specify that,
1: that pretty fucking quickly <laughs> yeah so the
0: the fact that nothing has been said is maybe alludes more to the uh the trade side of things. Yeah. Or at least the potential for a trade.
1: Somebody is interested. Uh oh, sorry. Okay, I'm taking a little bit more of a scroll. Yeah. We're okay. Cam Fowler will not play due to a lower body injury. Okay. This was about an hour ago. I'm still skeptical just, because Yeah, I'm skeptical as well, but I just <laughs> decided to scroll a little bit more okay. just to double check. Yeah. But that's, that's entirely fair. Um mm-hmm. and uh, it does say uh Kasha is scheduled for a team practice tomorrow. Okay, so. all right. Well, I mean,
0: it's something to think about. It's something to yeah. chew on. Um, at least, uh, at least we touched on it. Whether or not it comes to fruition, um, I guess we'll we'll let you guys know on Monday if you don't <laughs> already know. <laughs> oh
1: man, now this makes me scared. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get back to uh, what was recorded already. <laughs>
0: Well, let's get into the standings update, even though you've pretty much already touched on it. I touched it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton and Vegas are currently tied for that uh, first f- number one spot with 70 points each. Edmonton having only played 59 games. Vegas with 61. So a couple games in hand for Edmonton. Uh, Vancouver, as you said, in the third spot, just behind with 69 points.
1: Nice. 69. We uh, just fist bumped if Oh, obviously you can't see it. Yeah. I was gonna say if you're not watching the video, but there, there is, is no, there is no video. Okay. There's a, there's a window here. It's, it's very dark outside. There's still some Valentine's Day roses. There's some candles. There's not a camera. Here. That's what you need to know. Your, your ADHD. <laughs> kick your back in. <laughs> I was like, is he just gonna list everything on my kitchen <laughs> table now?
0: Um, but yeah, Vancouver was 69 points, 59 games played there. Uh, Calgary, and Arizona, not far behind, tied with 68 points, uh, 61 games for Calgary, 60. Two for
1: Arizona. And those are your wild card spots as well. Currently, they are. Yeah, which I'm still surprised that. And I. Again, I'm going to say it, and then both wildcard spots are going to go to a central division team. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm about to say, I'm very surprised, though, that no central team has a wild card spot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, knocking on the door, you've got uh, Winnipeg,
0: Nashville, Minnesota, and Chicago. Uh, in yeah, exactly. Three to six. Minnesota and Chicago, a little bit further out of it. But I mean...
1: Yeah, like how far is Winnipeg from Arizona, I would say? One point. One point, with yeah. With a game exactly. in hand.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty close. And uh, Nashville, two points behind Winnipeg, so... But then, yeah, to round out the uh, Pacific Division here, we got San Jose with 56 points in 59 games. We are not far behind with 55 in 59 games. And LA still has 47 with 60 games played. Excuse me, with 60 games played. I almost threw up in my mouth saying LA. So. <laughs> <laughs> LA. <laughs> <laughs> we, d- we don't have any stats from last week to compare to because I just read them off my phone because we panicked and realized we needed to read them off. And, um, <laughs> But yeah, LA did not change much. Maybe no. maybe a point or two. <laughs> I think they just
1: had that win over Colorado for the stadium series game, which apparently that was a shit show. Yeah. So, like I don't like, even
0: have like if Tyler Toffoli would have been traded before that, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't exactly. have even happened.
1: <laughs> no. I would have had a Grubauer win for Providence for Hockey. Fuck. Yeah, a one-nothing
0: shutout win probably. <laughs> Fuck you, Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like San Jose and Anaheim not uh I mean, Twelve and thirteen points behind Arizona, even with granted with a few games in hand, but not really enough for it to to matter. So I think that the playoffs are unofficially out of the picture. Yeah, unfortunately, but uh, at least it's respectable.
1: You know, it pains me to say, but I'd be okay for San Jose to finish higher than us, just because I see this draft class and I want a higher pick or the chance at a higher pick. Yeah, so I'm okay to let San Jose. Take this one of mm-hmm. being shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's going to be a, a huge draft class, anyways, where the first round is going to be full of NHLers, yeah. probably. But I so mean, it's, it's probably going to
1: be something like the two thousand, like comparable, I guess, like the two thousand three draft. Yeah. So, which where we got Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaf.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of of Corey Perry, he currently has a two point night, uh, goal and an assist. So I'd like to see him fight somebody. We don't care anymore. I know he's We're
1: not a duck forever. A duck. No. <laughs> Man, even before like we started doing this podcast and whatever, like I hated Corey Perry. Oh, yeah. I know Ducks fans are going to hate me for that right <laughs> now, but I hate Corey Perry. No, I know you do. Even though he switched teams. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, well, before we move on and talk about some upcoming games, uh, we just want to let you guys know about an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, Playline. We've talked about them before. They're currently updating their their special contest for us. So they have a THPN and Tales with Terry Ryan lotto uh book I guess if you want to call it that that they they run um not every night but most nights uh when there's enough games so it was only one they now have two a 50 cent one and a $2 one as opposed to just a $5 one so basically they give you seven goaltenders you predict the number of saves they make those essentially become your lottery numbers if the goalie's make that number of saves you get like one out of seven or two out of seven or whatever and then there's like tiered prizes from that if you get one out of seven you just get a free play um and then from there it it goes up based on which categories you're in uh seven out of seven gets you five thousand dollars for the 50 cent ones and it gets you twenty thousand dollars for the two dollar one so uh,
1: are you reading these off like for sorry like u.s dollars or canadian
0: uh it's u.s oh okay. yeah
1: yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs>
0: that's pretty good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain about twenty thousand
1: US. Yeah, even five thousand US. I said, do you actually want to read off like the like the one to seven? I'm just kind of curious.
0: Yeah, one to the, uh, one is a free play. Two is uh, two. Two is zero dollars. I'm assuming you still get the free play. Yeah. So maybe one and two. Uh, three is out of seven is one dollar. Four out of seven is five. Five out of seven is fifty. Six out of seven is five hundred. And seven out of seven is five grand.
1: Fifty to five hundred. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a jump and a half. Yeah.
0: And then um it goes two dollar free play, zero, four dollars, twenty dollars, two hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars. That's better <laughs> for the for the two dollar one. Yeah. yeah. If if this is something you're you are interested in, uh when you sign up and create an account, enter the promo code THPN, as in the hockey podcast network. If you deposit five dollars or more, then you receive a twenty dollar bonus. Uh just tacked onto that. The play line just gives you 20 extra dollars to play with so that's all right <laughs> yeah can't complain about that it's
1: free 20 dollars.
0: yeah i'm still playing with house money every so often from this so <laughs> it's, it's pretty sweet there you go. and all you have to do is predict the number of goalie saves each night so it's pretty easy to do that and you can win some cash so again promo code thpn and uh we'll throw a link down in the description for Playline, and uh you can maybe win yourself some money if you're lucky That'd be great. Or, really smart. or really smart or from the future
1: No, because that that messes with the rules of time travel. You're not allowed to bet on sporting events.
0: You watch too much Back to the Future. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm glad you got the reference.
0: (laughs) Well, let's move on to some upcoming games here. So on Friday, February the 21st, the Ducks are home to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, This game will be at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern time. Last time that these two teams met was actually back in October on the 26th, which was a 5-2 win for Anaheim. Uh, to put them up just one to nothing in the series so uh, we got some games against Colorado coming up here which uh, isn't ideal for Oof. us necessarily but <laughs> it, I mean we got one win out of them already which is all go. right
1: so uh, do you want to give us some stats here sure so for the Colorado Avalanche you have Nathan McKinnon who has 33 goals 49 assists for 82 points in 58 games can I just say holy shit wow uh, then you have uh, Andre Burakovsky, fifty-five games played, nineteen goals, twenty-five assists for forty-four points. And then, uh, you know, one of the two front runners, I would, I would say, uh, for the Calder Trophy, uh, Rookie of the Year. You have Kale McCarr, fifty games played, twelve goals, thirty-one assists for forty-three points.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, and where's Rantanen on that? Because I know he's uh, another big player. Rantanen
1: from. is just below McCarr there for fourth spot, forty-two games. Uh, 19 goals, 22 assists for 41 points. However, he is going to be injured for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, I and he was How injured, long? But
0: I think yeah, I think I read three weeks. Um, he he was also injured earlier in the season as well. Yeah. So
1: yeah, like I said, he's only got 42 points. So yeah, In how many games? Or, sorry, 42 games 42 played, games. but he's got, oh, yeah. but he's got
0: 41 points. Yeah, so pretty good numbers there. Um, yeah. Yeah, McKinnon's on pace for 116 points, which is ridiculous. My fantasy team likes that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, just all the, all the scoring they have. I mean, Burkowski being your second scorer there. Like I know lots of their top guys have missed time. Um, but I mean, Burkowski, a good depth scorer, really showing that he belongs on that team. Kel McCarr, I don't want to see what he's going to do in five years. Yeah. Like this is just the start of his career. Are we career. going to have a defenseman put up 200 points in a
1: season? <laughs> like what's going on here? <laughs> um, it's going to be insane. So, you know, the big circle on the whiteboard though is going to be McKinnon because like he leads big. Uh, Burakovsky, uh, in points there by 38. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. But, like, it's basically if you can shut down McKinnon, which is very hard to do, mm-hmm. um, then you have a fighting chance. Yeah. But.
0: Not that it's a good thing to have Ranton out but thankfully, with him out, Burakovsky is promoted to that first line with McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog, which at least you only have to worry about one line. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you still have to worry about the rest, but at least you only <laughs> have to like be absolutely shitting your pants, terrified of one line. Um, second line, they've got JT Comfer centering Valery Nikushkin and Jonas Donskoy, which is a, a all-right second line in my opinion. Uh, Pierre-Edward Bel- P- oh. Pierre <laughs> Belmar is centering Martin Kaut and Matt Nieto on the third line. Teji Tynan is with Tyson Jost and Vladislav Kamenev on the fourth line. This kind of reminds me, uh, with Kadri and Rantanen being out, this kind of reminds me of uh, Colorado from maybe last year or two years ago being kind of a, there's that top line, and then you have three third lines kind of. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it's still, still able, scary.
1: Yeah, they're still able to punish you if you make a mistake. So
0: Yeah, I mean, like once Kadri, uh, Rantanen, and then the other guys they have out, Colin Wilson and Matt Calvert, come back. They, they really do turn into a one,
1: two, three, yeah. three kind of team. <laughs> so I really hope you butchered someone's name in there and that you got a text message from Steven when he listens to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I did pretty good. You did pretty good. I just, yeah. I like, I, I don't know quite enough to say if you butchered someone. We also
0: name. haven't got to the defensemen yet. Although True. The, the defensemen are pretty self-explanatory yeah. now that I look at it. Um, but yes, still scary, especially that top line, the McKinnon line. Yeah. Yeah. Um defensive pairings though, Ryan Graves is with Kale McCarr. That's a young line. That um is. Sam Samuel Gerard with Eric Johnson and Ian Cole with Nikita Zadorov. Is the pairing. Yeah, third it's pretty pairing. simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh three very solid uh defensive pairings in my opinion. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And they could start either either three of them, so mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Is that correct English? Either three? Sure. Sure. Okay, we'll <laughs> go with it.
0: Yeah. And uh, currently, Grubauer is out. I know he's on your fantasy team. Do you know if he's going to be back for Friday? Or we'll keep this keeping.
1: I don't know at the moment. I can take a look for you here if I have an update at all, but I don't think I do. No, he's just still being evaluated at the moment. So okay, Um, yeah. So we're probably going to see Pavel Fransos there. Yes. Uh,
0: Backup, if happens to see him is. According to Daily Faceoff, Hunter Miska. That's the one that I'm probably going to end up getting a text about. because (laughs) It's probably not Miska. Let's see how it's spelled. M-I-S-K-A. Okay. Miska.
1: Miska. Yeah, Miska makes sense. Miska makes more sense.
0: But probably probably Pavel (laughs) Fransos. Um, Yeah. What what, what are you predicting for this game? It's going to be scary.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see Fransos there. Do you want some goalie stats or... Oh yeah, I okay. guess we, yeah. <laughs> um, Before we get into the I guess we don't have anything for um, who's the backup you just said,
0: <laughs> Miska. Uh, Miska, yeah, yeah. There's
1: them. there's nothing here for him. So I don't think the Avalanche have even seen him uh, this mm-hmm. year. I mean, Grubauer's doing hot. That's all you really need to know. Um, but also I'll just give you Francois because that's who we're probably gonna see anyway. Uh, he's played 23 games, has a 13-5-3 record. A two five one goals against and a nine two two save percentage this season. Yeah,
0: it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, they do have a scary tandem, honestly, there in Colorado. Really, so, yeah, they really do. Like, you have that tandem mixed with just like not to say the rest of the team isn't part of it, but you have that tandem and McKinnon. Like, that's yeah.
0: even pretty just, scary, even just the raw offensive talent they have, yeah. even on the back end. it's like these guys are going to put in a lot of goals, and they're not going to give up a lot either. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, they're a hard team to play against for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on here, we got another tough game on Sunday, February twenty third. Oh, we
1: need predictions. Oh yeah, damn it! <laughs> See, I said predictions, and then you gave <laughs> then me then goalie I, stats, and I thought we were
0: done. Yeah. Uh, what are you predicting? I'm going to
1: say this isn't going to go well for the Ducks. Uh, I'm going to call a four one loss. At least there's some some try in it. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm giving a six two loss if. If Calgary can score six on us, Colorado can score six on us. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go 6-2. I'm not very optimistic about this one either. But we tend to be wrong more times than not, so maybe we'll get a win that way. There you go. So, yeah, Sunday, February 23rd, the Vegas Golden Knights are in town. This game will also be at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Last time we played Vegas was December 31st, which was a 5-2 loss to give Vegas a 2-1 series lead over us. This will also be our last meeting of the season against Vegas good old division rival down south um do you have some stats for us there
1: yeah so you got uh leading the vegas golden Knights there is mark stone uh has played 61 games has a tw- uh, has 20 goals 37 assists for 57 points uh right behind him is uh old time rival newer friend uh max Pacioretty. 61 games played also 27 goals 29 assists for 56 points and then you have uh, Riley Smith, 61 games played as well, 23 goals, 23 assists for 46 points.
0: So a little bit of a drop-off in points once you get past the big two there, but still still lots of offense fairly spread out just in general with, with Vegas there. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, daily faceoff has Stone and Ready, uh with William Carlson listed as the second line, which I... <laughs> I, I kind of disagree with. I mean, but also... That sounds like a first line to me. Who's yeah. the first line? Oh, I my mean, God. The first line, they have Paul Stasny, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Riley Smith. I mean... They, yeah. They're kind of interchangeable, <laughs> are they not? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... uh it's a one-two punch. I don't want That's to see sure. that.
1: I don't want to see that. <laughs> no.
0: Um, once you get to the third line, it looks a little bit more like a third line. Cody Eakin centering Chandler Stevenson and Cody Glass. And then the fourth line, you got the big boys, Will Carrier,
1: Thomas Nosek, and Ryan Reeves. Yeah, and Cody Glass just got called up again recently as well from uh, Chicago. So,
0: Yes, uh, as a result of the Alex Tuck injury. I I'm believe assuming. so. It's the only one they have listed out. So, like, There's a reason this Vegas Golden Knights team is consistent. They have a very clear one, two. Well, they have a very clear top two and the very two clear bottom two lines. Yeah. At least, um, that are, are tough to play against. They play a a physical game for sure. So, which, so does Anaheim. So I think this could be a heated game.
1: Yeah, it could be, it's going to be really good. So he'll be a good game to watch.
0: Yeah. Who do you think's fighting Reeves? (laughs) Um, who's going to,
1: the door, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to go up against fucking Matt, or, uh, Matt Reeves, Ryan Reeves. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if anyone will. Oh, depends how out of hand this game gets. But if I like, if, I like, I go against him in like a game of poker. Yeah. But like, I'm not fighting the guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I had to pick someone to go against Ryan Reeves, it'd be like Good Branson or Del Zotto.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those
0: are those are some big dudes.
1: So. he gets left, maybe. Ooh. Just to fire his team the up. The Battle he's. of the Baldies. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, try the one that uh, try that one on for size. Game of Thrones, Battle of the Baldies,
1: <laughs> but like, man, like just w- like watching Reeves fights. Like he's not, he's not your typical. Like I don't even know if you can call him an enforcer because the guy can put up points. Yeah, um, like he he doesn't put up as many as like he he puts up I guess what you would think. Like he's got ten points, um, but like he's not like your kind of typical old school enforcer where he's. Kind of a nut but like the guy takes he's very uh, how do i oh my god i'm messing up with words here he's embraced kind of the vegas mentality of showmanship in a way mm-hmm. where if you see he's about to be in a fight you know he's about to be in a fight and he soaks up every single fucking minute of that fight so like from before the gloves even come off to after it, whether he wins or loses, he's trying to hype up. Especially if it's a home game, he's trying to hype up the crowd from it and that sort of thing. Which and is
0: what you want from a fight nowadays. Yeah, anyways, exactly. You want the momentum swing, so but, it's good he does he does his job well. Anyways. But like he's
1: a he's a guy that, and I've I've seen this in in person as well. Not from not from Rees, but I, there was a guy that I played with that kind of had a, a did a similar thing, where like he just gives off that vibe. Of I'm going to win this fight no matter what, and like it's not a, it's not even a, like a mental thing of like oh I like I think I can beat you like I'm pretty sure I can beat you. He just knows definitively. Yeah, I'm winning this. Yeah, like th- thanks for coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for
0: coming to my TED talk with my fists. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, a little bit of a sidetrack, but I was listening to the Thirty One Thoughts podcast. Um, I was listening to the Battle of Alberta episode that they did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And they were talking about Milan Lucic and Jeff Merrick, kind of the, the co-host with Elliot Friedman there, called um, Lucic's, like, fighting hands, his, like, what did he, how did he word it? His, like, his big sandwich grabbers. Or <laughs> He's like, yeah, no one wanted, to, no one wanted to eat those big sandwich grabbers. And I was like, what is he talking? Oh yeah, his, his fists.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. If you want like a modern comparison, what I was like trying to say before of like your old school enforcer, if you want a modern comparison, Reeves isn't a Lucic or a Zach Cassian, mm-hmm. Or they're like, like both both of those guys are are, are nuts. They're yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> they're like borderline psychotic, yeah. but like. Reeves isn't that kind of guy like he's very which calculated makes he, which makes me which think makes he's sh- even crazier yeah exactly yeah. it's like but in like another way yeah so he, he's, like, he's like that smart crazy
0: whereas those guys have like the the crazy eyes like the i'm gonna kill you kind of psycho yeah. eyes his are like the calculated eyes where like the more like you know sociopath kind of ones where it's like how am i gonna kill you yeah exactly <laughs> you don't like, want to know yeah, what like, i'm gonna yeah do like to cassian you.
1: like cassian and lucy each the guys that large i was like i'm just gonna Kill you any way possible. Whereas Reeves is like, I'm going to sit you down and tell you 10 ways I could kill you first, and then you can decide which one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Let's uh, move on to these defensive pairings here with Vegas. Um, We got Braden McNabb with Nate Schmidt on the top pairing, Nick Holden and Shea Theodore on the second pairing, and John Morrell with new acquisition Alec Martinez on the third pairing.
1: Yeah, and that trade just happened today. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. I forget who they sent the other way. Uh, I think it was just picks. I think it was two picks. I think there's a prospect in there as
0: well. I'm not Might 100% been. sure. Yeah. Well, well, we'll leave that to the Vegas podcast to figure yeah, out. but, but. <laughs> um, we I, I know we've talked about these defensive pairings quite a bit um, on this podcast, uh, being the fourth time that we've played them already. And I'm always underwhelmed by the names, but watching the game, I'm always surprised at how consistent they are.
1: Yeah, consistent. But like even with that addition now of Martinez, that backhand looks a lot more dangerous suddenly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's uh
0: I, I kind of see it as like um not an invisible defense, but like a a, a quietly does their job yeah. and does it well kind of defense.
1: They're the kind of they're a quiet defense in the way that, like not that it's not deserved, but Marc Andre Fleury gets all the credit for. Yeah. Like that's how the quiet of a defense they are. Yeah. Is that their goalie gets the credit. Mm-hmm. I did see someone today tweet like with that Martinez trade. They're like, you know, like that salt, like that solidifies like a like a scary back end for Vegas. And he's like, I expect them. He's like, honestly, I think he's like in my. I yeah, I forget who it was, but he's like in my eyes, anything less than like Western Finals is failure now at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um,
0: speaking of marc Andre Fleury, do we want to get into these goaltending stats before we? Hit some prediction.
1: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you got uh, marc Andre Fleury, the flower, uh, my favorite all-time goalie. Personally, uh, he's got Ooh, get out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got forty-three games played, 23, 14 and five record, a two-seven-eight goals against, and a nine-zero-six save percentage. And uh, then you have Malcolm Subban, nineteen games played, a eight-seven-and-three record. A three oh nine goals against and a eight nine three save percentage. I
0: don't know if those necessarily reflect where Subban maybe is in in terms of quality. I think he's a better goaltender than those numbers maybe project, but he also hasn't had a lot of time to prove himself with Flurry taking. As so- what would you say forty some games?
1: Yeah, at, yeah, forty three. As someone who has watched more Subban since he came to Vegas, I think those numbers are actually about about right. So thank you, but I think they're able to rely enough on flurry that it's okay mm-hmm. I um, mean and yeah. their and their front end it's kind of similar to Colorado, but like in a different way that their front end's stacked and can kind of make up for it that defense is a quiet but deadly defense right so and then you have flurry in there, it kind of makes up for um maybe some of the shortcomings of Subban at times. Uh, when you see a real dip in, like a real dip in production from Flurry, or he decides to retire on top, don't be surprised that they're looking for a number one goalie instead of promoting Subban. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: I guess I'll um, just talk about Subban is maybe justified as Anna, or sorry as Vegas is playing Florida just the night before. Uh, yeah, we'll Saturday night. Be, yeah, so, we'll
1: be seeing Subban.
0: Yeah, even even though it's the division rivalry, I think there's enough of a gap. Between us and Vegas right now, that it's not really a divisional matchup, and that they're going to play the Flurry against the, I guess, higher team in the standings. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So we'll see Malcolm Subban, and then I guess we can maybe confirm or
1: or deny your your observations of him that you just gave us. So. Yeah. Like he has his bright moments, but mm-hmm. just kind of as a as a all around package, I guess it's not. Like Yeah, you have those kind of bright spots, but besides that, it's mediocrity, I'd say.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just to backtrack a little bit, I don't know if it's going to change our discussion too much, but uh, Colorado does play L.A. just after us on the Saturday, so they play us uh, on the first half of a back-to-back. Do you think we still see Francois and then they, they put in, um, who, they, who was their backup? Misik, uh against L.A., potentially Francois if he has a really good game.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're think. still going to see Francois. Yeah,
0: I, I don't see them changing that up. No. So Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to backtrack and get your opinion on that. Um, what is your prediction for this game against Vegas?
1: Well, my prediction was going to be your prediction, but then you put your prediction in first, so I decided to just tweak it just a little bit. So I'm going to call a 3-2 win for uh, the Ducks. Um, at first, I thought this game was in Vegas, so I was going to say a 3-2 loss. But uh, man, just because this series has gone so back and forth, uh, I think we can pull out uh, for this last one um if we do if or if vegas has suban in it's kind of potentially an advantage to us as well um and being the second half of a back-to-back yeah that too um but i think suban and the way we can move the puck will really work in our favor so yeah i'm going to predict a 3-2 win if you just want to score like 3-2 but i think we're going to win the game either way so regulation or overtime no preference (laughs) yeah but you have to pick it's part of the game i'll say regulation okay i'm
0: also saying regulation as you already said four three win um for basically the same reasons um you know with suban being in net maybe a bit of a tired knights team i I think maybe advantage anaheim on this one we tend to play pretty well against some some like better of the the top more top tier teams i would say um uh, i don't know if we play better or they they stoop to our our level. level maybe but um it seems to be the mediocre teams that, yeah. that get us. <laughs> yeah, and yes, that was a, a slight at Calgary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, anything else to add about these games here? Uh, not overly. I mean, I'm hoping for better coming from the Avs game. I just don't see it going too well. I think we can do better against the Knights. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. Like we're in that home stretch now of uh, the season, so I'm interested to, to see kind of because this is this is where you have a good idea of what this team could be capable of uh, in the future with the the pieces that we have at the moment. so yeah, we've no, sure. watching these last what 20 games uh, yeah. pretty closely, so yeah for sure.
0: all right, well, thank you guys for listening. This podcast is a production of the hockey podcast Network. If you would like to hear more podcasts from the perspectives of other teams, you can check out any of the other 30 NHL teams shows on the network. Uh, those come out on the same schedule as ours every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, all with their own feeds now or on the Central Hockey Podcast Network feed, if you prefer that. They also have two other shows, Tales with Terry Ryan and Ice Analytics. Those come out on Fridays and Saturdays. You can follow our show on Twitter at Quack Report Pod, and you can follow the network at Net. If you would like to hear more from us, you can check out our own show, The Shooting Around Show, where we talk everything hockey, and new episodes come out every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Our next one will be pushed a little bit just because of trade deadline coming up and that's going to be the big focus of the next episode for so look for that late Monday night or Tuesday morning. You can follow our show on Twitter at shooting around. Thank you guys for listening and go Ducks go.